The road we're on is paved in Garth. Come along on the journey. As we explore Garthology. Think of it more as a conversation. I like that. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the conversation begin. Hi guys, it's Deb. And I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. Hello and welcome to another very special episode of Garthology. This is Season 2, Episode 5. For this episode, we will be continuing our Garth Brooks inspirational stories from our last episode, but this episode is going to be a very personal one. Today we will be focusing on Pete's personal story of how Garth has inspired him and changed his life for the better, even though they've never met. In addition to Pete's story of inspiration, we will also quote some fellow artists and how Garth has inspired them as well. Let's begin with Pete's story. So, my story is finally here, and uh, we've kind of hinted about it a few times, but uh, we'll go through it. So, let's go way, way back to when I was a wee little child, and uh, around the time I was 13, I started getting into uh, quite a bit of trouble. My mother had went through a divorce, and uh, she had married a man who, at the time, I didn't necessarily get along with. But today, I'm happy to say that uh, I do consider him my father. He's done real well by taking care of my mom, giving her the life that she's wanted, and uh, he did a lot for my brother and I. But, not to get too far off track, around the time that I was 13, I turned to the streets, and I started to... Uh, hang out with the wrong crowd. Got myself into quite a bit of trouble. Uh, drugs, jail, gangs, and the whole nine yards. Through multiple incarcerations from the time that I was 13 until the time that I was 17, I guess is when I really had my last big brush with the law. My family was always there to support and try to get me out of trouble. At one time, my grandfather and my grandmother took me in to get me away from the streets because things was, they were getting pretty out of control, you could say. And at that time, my family was all trying to decide exactly what it is that they were going to do with me. And my Aunt Deb and Uncle David, around 94, when they had a house out in Moreno Valley, it was just the two of them in a pretty big house, decided that they were going to take me in and let me live under their roof. It was a far distance for somebody without a license, and it got me out of the local trouble that I was in at the time. At this time, music, it was rap music. It was gangster rap music. It was That's all it was. That's all I knew. There was no country. There was no rock and roll. There was no nothing. So I moved in with my Aunt Deb and Uncle David, and they, or Aunt Deb, loved, loved to listen to Garth Brooks. And I remember she was listening to Garth Brooks and we were making this Frito pie dish where it was Fritos and cheese and chili or whatever it was. And it was in the oven and Garth was just going off in the background. And by this time, they enrolled me in a high school, Norco Senior High. I went from the streets to a high school that had 
horse stables next to the football field. I was in a completely different world, although it wasn't that far away from where I actually, you know, grew up. So I figured if I was going to be in the part, I might as well enjoy the part. But Garth's music got me. I mean, we listened to his music over and over and over again. And at that time, I was going through, you know, recovery from drugs. And so I really wasn't doing much of anything but living, laying around the house and eating Fritos a lot. We ate a lot of Frito pies and whatever that we was. We were poor. It was the best I could do. <laughs> yeah, it was all right. It was food in my stomach and a roof over my head. I couldn't complain. And Garth Brooks. So while uh, living in the house, obviously, and being introduced to Garth's music, I started to really listen to the lyrics behind the music. And I remember that one thing to keep my mind and myself off of what was going on, I got into doing models. And so I'd sit up in the room and do these models all the time and listen to, to Garth's music. And that's how I got turned on to Garth. As those you know days and nights and weeks went on, listening to Garth, getting into understanding and listening to the lyrics and just the way that he carried himself, the way that he carried himself through the music and through the lyrics and how we say all the time that the lyrics... They paint the story or they paint a picture of what the song is about. It gave me, I guess, hope that there was definitely something better than where I had been headed at that time. So that was my introduction to Garth and, and the music at that point. And then it wasn't that I wanted to, but I just could not listen to anything other than Garth. And there was, by that time, you know, it was 94 or whatever. He had a couple albums out and a whole lot of songs. So there was a lot for me to learn. It wasn't like there was just one album for me to listen to and learn. Like, there was a lot. We didn't have Amazon Music and all that time. I think even then, it was cassettes for us. Like, I, you know, I was part of that cassette world. But, yeah, so that was uh, my introduction to, to Garth. And then, as I... As I did that, you know, Aunt Deb and Uncle David, they they got pregnant and, um, you know, I moved out and went back with some family. And um, actually, I went to go live with my now wife, Stephanie, and her mom and my best friend, who is her brother. And that was it. Like, I took Garth with me. I remember I like I didn't have money. I mean, the money I was making before living with Aunt Deb wasn't good earned money. But at that point, like everything, every dollar that I could, I remember I was, you know, getting to to get Garth's music. So I think at that time, like AOL was out or something. And, you know, I don't even know that YouTube was around or whatever. So you couldn't just go on the Internet and like Google search Garth Brooks. Right. So, uh, yeah. So I remember getting a whole bunch of uh, uh, Garth cassettes at the time and just listening to them over and over again. And that's where the inspiration of the music came. Like it really started to show me that there was a better way it wasn't about me being who i wasn't it was about me being who i was supposed to be and that with the right work ethic and frame of mind but most importantly the way that you treat others that's how that was going to get me back to where i needed to be so so that's the beginning story of Garth. And I remember, man, I always wanted to see this guy, you know, in concert, like always. My aunt went and saw him 
And she went with my Uncle Fred and saw him, but I didn't get to go see <laughs> it's him. It's true. But we did do the new kids on the block thing, though. Yeah. We did do the new kids on the block. But we're not going to tell anybody that. <laughs> That's a whole other <laughs> podcast. A whole other podcast. Whatever, Mom. You got his tickets. Uh, so <laughs> yes, somebody thought yeah. I was his mom. I'm only yeah. 10 years older. Uh, it was awesome. That was me. Yeah, you would have been had to have been 10 years, whatever, at that time. That was a great story. But that's another podcast. Um, so, yeah. So then, you know, years go on. And uh, I was lucky enough to be given the opportunity to join the military. The alternative was 12 years in the state penitentiary. And so when I got that opportunity, I remember my mom and my Aunt Peg were in the courtroom. And I looked over at my mom and she just there was no doubt that's what I was going to do. I was joining the military. I was going to be going to the Navy. And so I, I, I told the judge, sign me up like right now, sign me up. Let's do it. And so I got signed up. I went through MEPS in San Diego and it was time to pack and head off to Chicago, Illinois, the great lakes to go to boot camp in the dead part of winter. This little guy from Huntington beach where it's always warm (laughs) was going somewhere I had never been before. And you can't take anything. Like there is very limited amounts of anything that you could do and take. Garth was not coming with me. And I was like, oh man, like I, I gotta be honest. I mean, this was years and years and years ago. I can't sit here and honestly tell you guys like that was the only thing I was like, oh my God, I can't take Garth with me. There was probably other stuff, but I remember like, holy moly, <laughs> there's not gonna be any Garth. And so I went through a boot camp and got out of boot camp and then not too long after that, I was hit by a drunk driver. I got an honorable medical, but I had county court restitution fees that I had to pay. So it was back to being at home. And I could remember at that point, Steph and I were living in a hotel room with one bed. We had nothing, like nothing. It was time, you know, for like me to step up. And it was time to make something for myself. It was funny because we didn't have money to have a car. And I bought this old beat up Volkswagen. But I made sure it had a really good sound system in it because at this time, now I've started my job where I'm at, at uh, Automotive Excellence. It was a gas station then. But being that I was in the car business, I got a really good radio and I put it in. And I made sure that I could listen to Garth. And that was the only thing that I ever listened to. And then it turned me on to other country, you know, around that time, because, you know, when I was in the tow trucks driving, they didn't have a way for me to listen to what I want. I didn't want to bring my own personal Garth collection. So I got into other country music and there was just nobody in my mind that compared to Garth and the way that Garth was Garth, the way that he sung his songs, the way that he told the story through the lyrics. And I just found myself reverting back and back and back to Garth. And I always knew that there was songs with meaning. You know, we talked about in the last episode, by this time, the change had already came out. And what happened in Oklahoma City happened, you know, well before I started working at Automotive Excellence. I started there in 99. So that had already happened. And then with that, you know, there was the river and then it was new CDs. Like I remember at that point. I was on the edge of my seat, just waiting and waiting and waiting for the next album drop, the next album drop, the next album drop. And I would get them and I would wear them out. I would have to know every lyric to every word on every single one of those albums. 
And it's crazy because now, not to get too far off subject, but now we have the opportunity to have all the double lives and the live albums and the box sets and stuff like that. So you get a lot of the more famous Garth songs, and you know those ones word by word. But doing research for this podcast, we go back and listen to a lot of the songs that weren't singles or they weren't, you know, a really well-known Garth song. But like, I'm surprised on how many of those songs I know the lyrics still to this day because of how many times I listened to it before. So yeah, I guess this would take it to right around 2000, 2001 at this point. And I always found myself, like we heard in a lot of the stories, inspirational stories before, I think Jeremy, you know, he sent in a real good one about how a song was him. Like, I remember a lot of the songs, how they made me feel like that song was for me. Although it might not have meshed with where my life had been in the past, Listening to Garth music for whatever reason, I never had this want ever. But my ultimate dream in retirement is to own a piece of property somewhere out in, you know, the country and have horses and a ranch and all that stuff. Like that's because of the Garth music. And so a lot of those songs would paint those pictures for me. You know, we talk about Alabama Clay, like never been to Alabama, like I said before. I don't know what Alabama Clay is, but I want to figure it out. I want to see it one day. There's so many things with the music that Gar sings, the lyrics that he writes and, you know, has been a part of or other people's lyrics that they've written that he's sung. They, they set goals for me. They give me inspiration. You know, the dances, the dance is the dance for me. I mean, that's the one. So then I got to go to a Gar show <laughs> <laughs> and then. And then everything about Garth changed. Like, I thought it was there. Like, I thought that I had peaked at the love of Garth and his music until I saw Garth live. Holy moly. I mean, I think, you know, Aunt Deb, you've seen him how many times live? 26. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> jealous. <laughs> it doesn't seem like a lot until I say it out loud. Well, also, yeah. I'm just surprised that you know, like, I wish I kept track of things like that because I always wish that I knew and I I just don't don't have a memory for those numbers. Yeah, it's crazy because Aunt Deb says 26. I think it's 22 for me, but Steph says she remembers 24, but I think somewhere in there, I, I didn't. Are you counting the Vegas shows, Aunt Deb? Yes. Okay. So yeah, it's got to be around 21 or 22 for me because how many times, or maybe because you saw them with Uncle Fred without me. Well, and remember... We saw the wind show without you, uh -huh. and then we also saw the other Vegas show without you, the one that was at the hockey arena when he opened up the where the Vegas Team Knights played. or whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. you didn't go to that one with us either. Right. So yeah, I think I'm like around 20 or 21 shows, but you know what I have that you guys don't? Oh, wait, Jess does. You know what we got that you don't? Drive-in movie. Yeah, I, didn't, I couldn't go yeah. to that. Yeah. Dang it. But yeah, so once I saw him live... And the way that that man interacts with every single person in that stadium or that arena or, you know, that setting that he's in, it just shows how genuine he really, really is, in my opinion. You know, he catches a lot of slack, I think, from a lot of people about being a crier or that, you know, he's not as genuine as he makes himself. I call BS on all that. There's never I've never seen anything 
with Garth and trust me, anytime that there's anything with Garth, whether it's a video release on a social media site now or, you know, any kind of interview that he did before, like I watch it and I don't just watch it once. I watch it multiple times because I feel that like I need to know it word for word, like I need to know his lyrics or songs word for word. It's just something that it's, you know, I've just been like that since I've fallen in love with his music. He's a genuine dude, it seems like, and he says something, he means it. And in the Netflix show, I remember he says how he was told to shake a man's hand. You look him in the eye and then that tells you that you know that that person is going to be with you, whether it's a guy or girl, something goes down, that person's got your back. And I always knew, you know, from the military, like, they, you know, you make eye contact. It's, you know, you're polite. You know, you shake a person's hand like you don't hear other people, other artists, celebrities in this level mention things like that. And, you know, like that's genuine for for Garth to bring that up all these years later after his dad, you know, taught him that it, it does show that he's a genuine dude, in my opinion. But getting back to the live show, I was able to go. And I remember Aunt Deb, like it was shortly after that, like he retired, like after I think I went to my first show, we went to the pond. I think he played the pond or maybe it was in L.A., Maybe it was like when the Staples Center opened or something. It was a long time ago. I don't remember exactly what the first show was, but we went to it. And then shortly after that, he went into retirement. Mm -hmm. And so the majority of all the other shows that I've seen were after he's come back from retirement. However, you know, when he was in retirement, I was like, dang, like I hope to God he comes back. You know, he says like in, in the last episode, you know, if you guys wait, I'll come back if you're going to be there. And I'm thinking to myself, I'll be the first dude there. You come back for me. <laughs> like if nobody else, but I'll be there. <laughs> I remember like, I was so sad because there's no new Garth music coming. Like that was, I I was hooked at that point, obviously, you know, that many years into it. Like that was my dude. He had got me out of the worst time of my life with something to listen to and motivation of a path that was getting me to, I guess, where I am today. Now, there's a lot more that goes with that. I understand it. It's not just Garth and it's not just this music, but there was a want there. Like there was a way and a story that was told to me, in my opinion, that says, okay, listen, you know, buckle down, focus, be a man of your word. You treat your mama right. You treat your babies right. And you can't go wrong. Like just be you. And that was it. And like, I knew I could get there one day, but then he goes into retirement. Now, I knew that that wasn't going to pull me off my path, right? It wasn't going to change my world and what my ultimate goal was. But I was like, dang. And then we had the fires in LA. It was so crappy to be so happy that we were going to get to see Garth because of the fundraiser shows that he was doing. He was doing five shows in LA. And how many did we go to? All five. All five. In three days. <laughs> That's that was right. a lot of Garth. It was, was a lot, a lot of driving of back and forth. Man, we spent so much time in LA that weekend. Yeah, Holy we did. moly. I actually have another story to tell that Pete doesn't know about. Okay, go for it. In 2014, after Garth came back, shortly after he came back, he was playing shows also in San Diego. And we went to those. Remember those? Yeah. So at that time, I really wanted you to meet Garth Brooks. Like it was 
everything inside me was screaming to try to make it happen. Obviously, here we are in 2021 and that hasn't happened. So it still breaks my heart to this day that I haven't been able to make that happen. But I wrote a letter to Garth Mm. in 2014. So, sorry. So I'm going to read you that letter now. It's going to take me a minute. That's okay. We got time. I've been there. Hello. I was lucky enough to be able to buy my family and friends eight tickets to see this Saturday night's 1030 Garth Brooks concert in San Diego, California. As I look forward to this upcoming weekend and seeing Garth Brooks in concert again, I cannot help but look back as well. Sorry. Over 20 years ago, I became a huge Garth Brooks fan. I love his music. The lyrics always touch me. And the man seemed like just a good, decent, kind human being. His heart shined on his face to all that saw him, whether in concert, his videos, interviews, etc. In my personal life, I was newly married. We had recently bought our first house. And we were struggling to make ends meet. But then my sister and my nephew Peter started to struggle in their relationship. I reached out to them to help. And although it was difficult, we all decided it might be good for Pete to move in with my husband and me. Yes, we were struggling, but I had to help. You see, Pete was making really unwise choices. He was skipping school, hanging around with criminals got some gang tattoos, and even spent some time in juvenile hall, and he was only 14. He was going down a path that we all knew would end up in destruction and heartache. (sighs) By pulling him out of that environment, my husband David and I felt like we could make a difference, and maybe we did, but little did I know that Garth Brooks would make a bigger difference. You see, Pete was listening to rap. Now that's fine music, but it just wasn't what I was listening to. So when Pete moved in with us, all he heard was country music. Garth, The Judds, Randy Travis, Reba, the list goes on and on. At first, Pete would make fun of it and me. But slowly, ever so slowly, I started to see a difference in him. He went to school most of the time. He started to do homework. He hung out with some country boys, and he started to sing the Garth songs right along with me. Now, this was before iPods, so we shared cassette tapes. And this going down the wrong path kid was slowly becoming the man I knew he could be. And so today, over 20 years later, he is that man. I take no responsibility for that. I give it all to Garth. See below and you will see what I see on a daily basis. And then I went through Facebook and I posted post after post of you talking about Garth Brooks. On November 8th, 2014, you posted and you tagged your Uncle Paul and you said, this reminded me a little of our conversation on the phone last night. I was serious about you and Grandpa and my father, Tom, you three men and following you to the end of the earth. I love you, man. 
and it was a post of Garth singing his song, Mom. On that same day, you posted, wow, goat, that's why this man's music changed my outlook on life 15 years ago. And then your friends and family knew you and know you so well that other people would tag you in Garth posts. Loretta St. George tagged you in a post about Garth and how he brought up a Special Olympian fan and gave him a memento. And your Aunt Kathy tagged on that and commented how Garth just keeps touching people's hearts and it brings her to tears every time. And then in December of 2013, (laughs) you posted about an email that you got from Garth Brooks. It was like a generated, you know, format (laughs) email that everybody got. (laughs) But you posted it on Facebook and said, am I the only person that got this email from Garth Brooks? Yeah, yeah. I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) And then you talked about an article where there was, it was about a magical night for Garth Brooks fan who was battling cancer. And you said, dude, this man has talent. I will do anything to see him in concert. And then you tagged Jess and I, and that was on February 5th, 2014, and said he's getting closer because he must have been getting ready to come out of retirement, or maybe it was 2013. And then you tagged again, November of 2014, all my pregnant friends, this is a song you all might appreciate. Congratulations to you all. And again, it was Garth singing Mom, and your cousin Will commented on it. And tagged Corianne in it, his daughter. Your Aunt Kathy shared a link on your page. And the list just goes on and on and on. You put, when he announced his new record deal, you put it on Facebook. When he talked about confirming to play Croke Park in Ireland, you commented on it. I have years and years of posts of you just over and over talking about how much this man has changed your life. And so that meant so much to me that I had to reach out. Unfortunately, nothing came of it. But that just goes to show how much over and over and over the years you have commented. There was one December 2nd, 2013, where you talked about the blame it all on my roots You said, I don't even think that the original people who sang all these classic rock songs in this new Garth Brooks music box set came close to singing them as good as Garth does. (laughs) I can't get enough of it. Time to update the music library on the iPhone. Out with the old, in with the new. That's like, that's crazy about that. Like he's turned me on to so many other genres that I would have never listened to before. So now when my friends listen to him, although it's not Garth singing, I know the words, although I'd rather listen to Garth singing. (laughs) And even going back, I have one from 2011 where you tagged the video for the dance and you said, this is the best song ever wrote. Always remember to never leave yourself in a spot to have to look back on everything. Always find a way to look forward. And you talked about Brandy and you said, Brandy, you will always be remembered. Yeah, that's uh, one of our family friends' mom had passed. Yeah. And then you talked about seeing him in January of 2010. You said, Peter Lawrence is so stoked he's going to see Garth Brooks in Vegas on January 10th, 2010 with his Aunt Deb, wife, and I have no idea who else, but boy, are we going to party. (laughs) Jess was there, and we did. 
I was going to say I was probably there. <laughs> yeah. You were. <laughs> but I didn't even get to go. And then you didn't even get to go because you were sick. Sick, yeah. Yeah. Wait, t- are you sure? 2010, isn't that MySpace days? No. <laughs> Damn, Facebook, that long, huh? It was probably crossover. There was probably like people limping off of MySpace at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And Jess, you even commented, you posted and tagged Peter in the same video of him singing Mom and asked Pete and I if we'd heard it yet. Oh, we could do a whole Garth Facebook album probably of just Garth memories from Facebook. It's true. And then Pete, another one you had, July 10th, 2014. God, I cannot wait for this man to return to country music. And then on that comment, you also said, honest to God, this man helped change my life with his music when I was at rock bottom and in a lot of trouble. Thank you to me for turning me on to him. Dude is the real deal. I just need my Aunt Deb to get us tickets like she always has before. <laughs> yeah. True that. Deb's still in charge of ticket shopping. Right? <laughs> and then I said back to that, so happy that we share such a great thing as love for his music. It will always be special to me because of you. Can't wait to see him with you. Yeah. And then you said, love you, Auntie. Maybe we can take Jessica Ford, and then Garth will remember her. And then he will invite (laughs) us backstage, and then we get to fly on his jet. And then before you know it, he adopts me because he always wanted a son. And then, bam, I am Peter Brooks, and I travel the world (laughs) with him and sing his songs and a word I can't say, and that would be the perfect ending. (laughs) I I had it all figured out. I had it all figured out. (laughs) And then at the end, I posted a picture of you and Steph and the kids. And I said, and here is this going down the wrong path kid with his family now. Thank you for helping to save him, Garth. Love, Debbie, David, and their whole family. Oh, I love that. I love that you did that. I love you, nephew. Love you, too. I guess thanks for introducing me to Garth, right? Who would have thought way back there and I'm Moval house that we'd have a podcast about Garth 24 years later, right? Yeah, I never would have imagined it. But it just, I mean, like with Jess, like going all the way back to 2010 and before that, and you, like, it's, I mean, sure, you know, Aunt Carol's been there and Steph's been there, but like the three of us, you know, Jess has always been a big fan, and I'm still waiting for the day for her to Photoshop me into the picture of her and Garth. Like, I was there. <laughs> That'd be great if she could do that. No, we're going to have our own picture. We don't need Photoshop. We're going to make it happen one day. Gonna do it, but yeah, it's like I mean, it's brought like you know, you turn me on to Garth, and you know, I mean, obviously, when I say that Garth or his music has changed um, so much for me, it's like, like I really do mean it. It, uh, you know, I post all those things. There's not, there's not many things that notify me on my phone when something's posted, but. Every single time that something's posted about Garth or that Garth posts something, you know, some releases, some information, like I get it and I get so excited about it. And, you know, Jeremy talked about last time, like, why is he so like stuck on these inside Studio G's? It's like. It's a celebrity I've never met, obviously, who's impacted my life a ton. But it's that conversation, you know, where people you know, they, they, they ask Garth and, you know, videos and questions and so on. It, it really is having a conversation with a, you know, with, with somebody who's like a friend and each of those inside studio G's, they mean as much to me, you know, today as his music did in 2010 and well before that. 
Right, because it's a way to connect to him. Sure, sure. And, you know, there is a lot about Garth that has to do with a lot of me and where I'm at today. I mean, look at the three of us, right? Like I was getting ready to say, you know, go back to 2010 and before that, like, you know, you and Jess met and you guys had your Broadway thing. Like, who would have thought it would have brought Jess and I like this close, you know, like Garth. Garth did that. And people talk about, you know, the planet Garth. And he really does bring a lot of people in contact with one another through social medias and the planet Garth or whatever all that stuff is, you know, the different websites and interactions with one another. But those are all good, genuine people, because if they weren't, they wouldn't be following and listening to Garth, you know, and yeah, people you could have a disagreement with, but yet yeah. into good conversation with. Yeah. And remember, we have our whole Garth gang. Remember the San Diego trip? We yeah. all had matching shirts yeah. and it was Katie and Carol <laughs> yeah. and Jess and you. It was all of us. We yeah. have our little Garth gang. Yeah. It's crazy because like, we, you know, we have those those t-shirts, right? Like, I mean, I have to go through and purge my closet. I got so many, you know, golf clothes and I get t-shirts all the time. But in Bradley's closet, because he doesn't use it, in the back corner, like I have all my Garth shirts that you made the blame it on my roots and um, the friends that little place one. Like I have all those there, all the different, you know, hoodies that I bought for the uh, world tour and the stadium tours and, you know, the fire fundraiser shows. I don't keep a lot of memorabilia when it comes to things like that, but I got all of that. And, you know, you guys know anything that Garth's ever released, I have two copies of a copy that I opened and I listened to. And then a copy that I keep sealed brand new in a Garth box up in my rafters in my garage. I'll tell you one thing. People could say what they want, but in my opinion, I don't know that they're, like Garth would say, you know, first of all, you know, Jesus Almighty. But second of all, I don't know that there's another guy or person outside of my grandfather, um, you know, my family members that I would think there's nobody better in my opinion that could show you the the true values in the right way in life and the in the way that you get there you know you take care of your friends and family you just be the person that you were meant to be don't try to be anything else you listen to his music you listen to the lyrics in it and like many people have said there's songs you could stand up and have a good time to they'll pack the dance floor there's ballads there's sad songs but they all have a meaning they all tell a story, and in some way or another, at some point, in, at least in my life, I can almost put myself into that song and be part of that story. Now, listen, I've never met some old cougar out in some country house, <laughs> so I can't really... I mean, I can picture it happening, but I wasn't there. That had not happened to me, but there's, you know, there's those songs that are out there, and, and that's what it is for me. It's like... I guess all these years, like I never questioned Garth and his and how genuine he was. But I'll tell you one thing. If there was anything that solidified it for me, it was the Netflix special, The Road I'm On. You know, him on his property, him telling his story, you know, about the like when he called his old called his old man out. Like I've been there. Right. I mean, you know, I went at it with my dad before, like, you know, the handshake thing that gets me every time. You know, I try to teach that to my son. You know, shake somebody's hand, you look him in the eye and just let him know that you're there for him. It's, you know, how he made his daughters work and build that bridge, you know, like, yeah, I mean, their dad is Garth frickin Brooks, but you know <laughs> what? They're going to work for what they have in life like that to me. Like, that says a lot, you know, it, it says a lot about the man that he is. Right, right. Yeah. 
that's uh that's my story about garth and and how garth inspired and really helped me get from where i was to where i am today uh that letter that you wrote auntie it uh yeah i didn't know about it i never heard it i appreciate it maybe one day you know, it would have really been cool if you would have printed that out and took it to Dave Gann at the Honda Center when we saw him there. We, we right. tried. We were so close to getting in. <laughs> if only you could have had the foresight to know that was going right. to happen. Right, right. <laughs> we're just standing there. Dave Gant comes walking out. We're like, whoa, hey, man. And then we were like, yeah, what about getting it? Oh, it's the last show. You know, they're going to pack up and try to get out of here. No, no, no. You're going to give me five minutes with this man. I need to tell him my story. I can't do that, Peter. All right. Well, I'm going to take a picture with you then. Okay, that'll work. But, That's awesome. I mean, you know, Aunt Deb for my 40th, you got me a, a record autographed by Garth framed on a plaque. And like my wife, Steph, she even knows like I have a picture of my kids. And then I have that like she knows that that's my inspiration. You know, it's in my room. I see it when I wake up. It's over my dresser. It, it's that's it. It's just my story. Like, I mean, every word that I said, obviously, emotionally, you know, you guys could tell like he's my dude. I don't see nobody else. I don't. There'll never be another Garth in my, in my eyes. Yep, I agree. And it brought us together. Look, now we got a podcast. Right? Who would have thought? Right. Well, I'm so glad that you shared your story because even I learned things, and I've known you for years and years now. And I did not know that you were briefly in the Navy. I didn't know that you were in the car accident. So those were both things that I. I mean, I kind of knew your story otherwise, but I didn't know that. So yep. I'm glad that I got to hear it along with all of our listeners. Yeah, that's how I got the bad back. Oh, it makes total sense. All right. Well, that wraps up that very emotional part of our podcast. So now let's switch gears a little and let's talk about some of the fellow artists that Garth has also inspired. So the first one we have is from Steve Warner on Twitter. He said, if you've ever seen Garth Brooks live, you know why he consistently wins Entertainer of the Year. There was no one as big as Garth, but more importantly, there is no one as kind. I have been fortunate enough to call Garth a close friend for years, and I know who he is off stage as well. One of the kindest people on the entire planet. Garth, you are not just Entertainer of the Year. You are a legend forever, and you earned it. Yeah, and Blake Shelton replied on Twitter about that. He says, agreed, Steve. He is Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks. I don't give a shit what anyone says. Anyone at all. Entertainer of the century. Then Blake Shelton went on CMT and said he was born with this. Magic, I guess. I don't know what it is. That made simple country music universal. Reba McIntyre has been inspired by Garth's work ethic. On tasteofcountry.com, she was quoted as saying, he's the hardest working man I've ever seen in my life. He will not let his fans down. I kind of applaud him. He did need to lip sync. He showed up. This was in regard to the 2017 CMA Awards when he was sick and he had to lip sync the song, which he said that he did. She also said um, he's not that good at it, she added. So, you know, he doesn't do it very often. And then she said, I can't outwork Garth. I'm not going to criticize Garth at all because I can't outwork him. <laughs> uh, Ryan B. Travis went on Twitter and said, at Garth Brooks, a friend, a man, an artist who gives all, always. Our family and music should be the first to understand. After you walk in our shoes, get back with us. Randy Travis. 
And Kelly Clarkson had Garth on her show in December of 2020. And just before he sang the dance to her, she spoke to him about how that song helped her get through her divorce. And if you haven't seen that episode, I highly recommend you find it because it was emotional and revealing. And she was very candid. And she also talked about how that song inspired her to write a new song for herself that is really personal to her as well. So it was quite emotional. Yeah, you could actually find that show on her YouTube, uh, the Kelly Clarkson Show YouTube page. She has it all there. I actually have it uh, saved, that one. So you could you could find it there. Shania Twain is quoted as saying once when Garth came out, I just thought we can all learn something from this guy. And then Randy Jackson said, he's very heartfelt and very honest. And that's what I always loved about his work. And Brooke Burke on CMT said, Garth Brooks is an amazing performer. And Joe Don Rooney from Rascal Flats on CMT also said, when he sings a song, you feel what Garth is feeling and you feel what he feels on the stage when he's performing. And I absolutely agree with that, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. It always seems like Garth's having as much fun at the live shows as we're having in the stands. You know, the, he always seems to be having that much fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what makes his show so amazing is you can't help but see the joy in him and it's just contagious. And I think the whole audience feels it and everyone just feeds off of that. Yeah. I agree. You know, Keith Urban went on to say that uh, the thing about Garth that really um, inspired him, that really, really shows who Garth Brooks is, is that a lot of these artists, you know, they're given an opportunity to put in front of them. Not a lot of them have to go through the, the honky tonks and dive bars and things like that and work their way through it. And he said, and Garth was, was one of the ones that did do it that way. You know, his uh, Willie's and still wagon and, you know, the college where they would perform in the cafeteria and sing songs like that just shows, I mean, you know, he's got a lot today, but he worked for it. It was given to him. Absolutely. Yeah, it's true. All right, that wraps up this episode of Garthology, and we hope that we have provided some inspiration to all of you out there from these past two episodes, and that you find yourself as inspired by Garth and his music as much as we are. So now we'll go into breaking news. Breaking news. In case you haven't heard, Garth and Trisha and their team have announced that there has been an exposure to COVID. Their statement was, due to someone on their team testing positive for COVID-19 and out of an abundance of caution, Garth Brooks and Trisha Yearwood are canceling everything and testing and quarantining for two weeks. So we just want to send all of our love and all of our prayers and all of our good wishes to Garth, Trisha, and their whole team. We love you, and we are sending love your way. Get better soon. Feel better, guys. We're thinking of you. So be sure and visit our website at Garthology.com and leave a comment on our blog page or submit a show idea. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at the bottom of the website. And remember to subscribe, download, rate, and review us on your podcast platform of choice. And don't forget to share us with your friends in low places. Speaking of friends in low places, 
we know that you all got a lot of friends on social media. So if you could go to facebook.com backslash GarthologyCast or Instagram and Twitter at GarthologyCast and share us with all of your friends, that would be great. Uh, anytime that you're there, if you could like, share, retweet, or even just comment on our posts, the interaction that we have with our Garthologist fans is a lot of fun, and we really do appreciate it, guys. Next up on Garthology, we've decided to spotlight one of Garth's band members. This is our first spotlight episode, and its focus will be on a certain fiddle player that's near and dear to our hearts, Mr. Jimmy Mattingly. We'll also look at some of our favorite Garth songs that feature notable fiddle breaks. We can't wait to dive into this episode. We hope you're just as excited to join us. So please tune in on February 27th for Season 2, Episode 6. Until then... This has been Season 2, Episode 5 of Garthology, and I'm Deb. I'm Pete. And I'm Jess, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. Today we'll be, yep. No, we won't be, apparently. <laughs> that was a cool sound effect, though. Yeah, that, that should be the any. It'll be like the equivalent of the law and order. We'll have our own sound. Save that for later. Today we'll... oh. You'll need it. <laughs> awesome. You guys could just keep messing up. That means less time before I get to talk. <laughs> I can't stop doing this, but the the shadow of these headphones that I have on the wall, it makes it look like there's something on the back of my head, and I keep wanting to hit it. But it's the <laughs> like what? Something's getting me. All right, that reps. Now I can't talk. Yeah, we might get done by eleven at this rate. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta pee again. No.